My name is Ray. I'm the pastor here at Bethel Community Church. This is my wife, Christy. Uh, we're so excited to see each of you and want to welcome you into this um, different Sunday. So last Sunday, we embarked on a journey with uh, Pastor Woody and Family Church. Uh, they, if you knew the story, if you know the story, uh, they were supposed to be in the building last week. Uh, of course, permits, and, and they didn't get their, um, what their, their occupancy permit. And so um, we started talking and having a conversation and said, hey, I think God's going to, God didn't want you to go into your building because he wants kind of a detour for a little bit. There's detours all through the Bible. And so we're excited that here uh, you guys came to join uh, Bethel Community Church, Family Church, and a united front. And I don't know if you ever, Christy, felt disconnected from something, someone, a situation. Have you felt disconnected? Very felt disconnected, especially this last year. You know, yeah. I found myself in Las Vegas going like, when was this going to be our era? Right. You know, when we're sick in our house. Right. And when we had COVID, I remember feeling that like feeling like, huh, when was the rest of the world going to be? <laughs> You're right. Sick in the house, but right. And a Zoom. Sometimes I feel disconnected from you. From me. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Every once in a while. This week it didn't happen, but yeah, this week it happened too. I mean, it's almost like the disconnection. Zoom is like this cheap substitute right. and a lot of you had zoom calls with work and then with community group and with with church mm -hmm. and it's like i just want to see people face right. to face because there's this disconnection that happens um, one of the things that i've learned is that we need to be we need to live open-handed to what god's doing uh, we need to always be flexible and we always need to be ready when god speaks for us to actually align ourselves with him because we all have our plans 2020 started we had a bunch of plans for church we had a bunch of plans for ministry we had plans for our own lives and then things completely changed and so we need to make sure that in the disconnection the feeling that we're always aligning ourselves with what god wants right and so the last two weeks uh, including today i'm so excited to hear from pastor woody as he's going to come up and share uh, in our series on alignment but alignment is an interesting thing because you and i can feel disconnected but if we align ourselves with god with christ then we can reconnect right, right? Right. That reminded me of, I was cleaning out some drawers this week, and I found this really nice planner that you got me for Christmas last year. And, and it was blank. It was blank. I, like, I didn't <laughs> even do anything in it. It's like, uh, well, I guess I'll just throw this really expensive planner away. And it's like, but we... I told her, I said, just scratch the 2020 Yeah, he really, he really did. He told me to change all the days. I'm the like, days a little I'm not bit. doing that. <laughs> and so, but it was, it's, it's a good picture of like, okay, I have these plans, and yeah. I'm going to have this beautiful planner, and I'm going to plan the year. And then it was nothing that I would have planned right. would even happen. Right. So whether you guys are here today um, online or in person, we're so glad you're here, and we would love to connect with you in any way. If you're visiting with us, um, the best way to connect with us is mybethel.cc slash connect. And that way you can fill out the form, give us your information, whether you're visiting with Bethel or with family, and we can get that information to them and just reach out to you because we want to serve you and know how we can pray for you and love you and help you at this time in your life. Yeah, this has been really fun uh, to experience. And so we're in week three of alignment. And one of the things that Pastor Woody and I have talked about is maybe this Bethel family church thing needs to happen more often, and we'll figure it out, and we'll figure out the next time it's going to happen. But we're really excited to have Pastor Woody. Um, we're going to get started on week three of alignment to see how we're going to align ourselves with what God has for us. And we're going to ask ourselves a question today. What are you living for? Let's get started.
wonderful. Well, I'll tell you, I don't know how Pastor Ray preaches, but if you'll talk back to me, I'll finish a lot sooner because I'll know that you're getting it, okay? So if you don't say amen, I'm going to have to keep talking because I don't know whether you're shaking your head or whether you're getting it, so I just keep talking. So you can talk back to me, you can say amen, but don't go crazy and start saying preach it because then I'll start doing backflips and jumping and we'll be here all day. And you don't want that, neither do I. So we're in a series talking about alignment, okay? And I have to tell you a little bit about me to talk about what I'm going to do. My very first uh, vehicle, okay, when I was 15 years old was a 1968 Chevrolet pickup. Anybody in the house, all right? That was my first one. It was uh, rear-wheel drive, positive track, and primer gray, baby, all right? We didn't even have enough money to paint it. It was primer gray, but I got in a lot of trouble with that. But my actual first truck, that was kind of a loner, was a 1969 Chevrolet pickup, almost the same thing. And it was yellow because yellow was my favorite color. And I still think it is my favorite color. I just don't like to wear it or put it on a wall. or I don't really know why it's my favorite color. But I like yellow, so the truck was yellow. It was beautiful. Uh, I won't tell you all of the things that I did in that truck, but I will tell you this one time. As a 16-year-old driver, we always pay attention to everything that we're doing. Any 16-year-old drivers? All right. Always pay attention to what we're doing. Well, this one time I got on it a little bit and I was going around a corner exiting a place. And when I did, I was paying attention to the traffic and didn't pay attention that, you know, the median had a curb. And man, I mean, boom, boom, down on that, okay? And so then just kept going because I drive a truck. We can do what we want to when we drive a truck. So I was going on down the road, but I noticed, man, this thing's wobbling a little bit. And I realized that what I did is when I hit that curb, I knocked my wheels out of alignment. Now, those of you that are not mechanically inclined, you, know, you may not know this, but your wheels have to be perfectly lined up and in alignment so that you can drive straight. So if you let go of your wheel and you like verge, veer off really, really far, you need to go get that checked out because your car's out of alignment. But mine wasn't out of alignment quite that bad. Mine was out of alignment like this. If you're going five miles an hour, no big deal. If you're going 10 miles an hour, no big deal. If you were going 15 miles an hour, no big deal. But if you tried to go over 20 miles an hour, what happened is the thing just started shaking, right? And I mean, it was annoying to me. And I, at 16 years old, I didn't really know. So I said, oh, Dad, I don't really know what happened, but my truck is not, right? Because you never know what happens when you're a teenager, right? I don't know what happened. I don't know why my room's like this or why this got lost or why my phone's cracked. I don't know. I didn't know. But he said, oh, I bet you that it's out of alignment. Let's go check it. And sure enough, my truck was out of alignment. And can I tell you that that sounds awfully familiar with my life? Is that you can be out of alignment and it's just a little bit and at five miles an hour, you won't even notice it. Come on. At 10 miles an hour, you won't even notice it. But when you get going in life, all of a sudden there's this funky shaking, rattling going on. You don't really know why. And I can tell you it's because you're out of alignment. Alignment with Christ is so important. So the question for today is, what are you living for? Okay, some of you, you may be living uh, 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 for a lot of different things, but you've got to ask, why am I here? Have you ever asked yourself that? Why am I here? Why am I here in Yukon? Why am I at this job? Why am I in this family? Why, why, why? You can ask, what is your purpose? The real question is, what gets you out of bed every morning? What wakes you up? What, when your eyeballs open, when that alarm goes off, some of you, like the Grinch, you want to just throw it, right? Okay, but what gets you out of bed? What motivates you? That's what we're talking about. And Paul talked about that in Philippians, and so we're going to discuss that today. So you can open up uh, your Bible apps. 
Uh, you can open up uh, Uversion and open up a live event, or you can just open up the Bible if you brought one, or it'll be on the screen as well. But we want to read Philippians chapter 1. We're going to read verses 20 through 26. And the whole time this morning that we're talking, I want you to be asking yourself, what am I living for? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing, okay? So Philippians chapter 1, verse 20 says this, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will, be, that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. Now listen, we have to stop right here and be reminded once more that Paul is not sitting in a cush man mansion, driving a nice Rolls Royce, okay, living the high life. Where's he at? He's in prison. He's in the darkness. He's in a cold, wet place. He's probably got shackles on his hands, shackles on his feet, and he's writing this right here saying, I hope I'm not ashamed. I'm hoping that the things that have happened to me have not made me be ashamed of Christ. I hope that it hasn't hindered my boldness. So we have to know that. I'm sure that at some point in time, while Paul was in prison, don't you think he asked, why in the world am I here? What am I doing for? What am I living for? Why am I here? Right? And we talked about this last week. Pastor Ray talked to us and told us that a better question than why is help. Not why am I here or why is this happening to me, but Jesus, can you help me? Christ is enough. Well, verse 21 goes on to say, for to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. Now, I have to be honest with you. I had to stop right here and say, hold the phone, wait a second. What, Paul? Dying is even better? I'm like, no, dying is not better. Come on, what are you talking about, right? But that's what he said. Dying is even better. But let's keep reading so that we'll hear what he's saying and hear his heart. Verse 22, he says, but if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. See, I think that nowadays in the church as Christians, we do not think that dying is a good thing. I believe that we conditioned ourselves over time that dying is a very bad thing. But if I die, I won't see my kids, or I won't get married, or I won't, or I won't, this won't happen, I won't get to see this, I won't get to see that, right? We talk about all of the negative things that we would miss out here on earth, but we have to come to reality, excuse me, we have to come to reality that heaven is the mark. Heaven is the goal, to be with Christ, to go there where there is no more pain, there is no more suffering, where all of these things that we deal with here on earth, all of the negative things, when we get to heaven, it all disappears. It's perfect. So we have to remember that to be in heaven with Christ is even better than being here on earth. And we have to keep our priorities right. But I will tell you that I'm so thankful that he put a butt right here because it doesn't leave you hanging. Right? And so he puts a but in verse 24 of Philippians chapter 1. He says, But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so that I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. When I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because what he is doing through me. So again, I ask you this question, what are you living for? There's a lot of good things that you can live for, right? You can live for your family. That's a good thing, is it not? 
Moms and dads in the room, it's a great thing for you to be living for your kids, right? It's a great thing to be living for your family. Some of you in the room, you may be living for your job, and that's also good because I think that you should be good at your job. As a matter of fact, I could make a strong case that you should be the best at your job. Doesn't the word of God tell us to do all things as if we're working for the Lord and not men? Right, so I know you don't like your job, but maybe God's put you there, and you should be working at it with all of your heart because you're working for the Lord and not for man. Right, now there's a tricky thing because some of us, we're probably working for money, okay? And I'm going to tell you that's a good slash bad thing, okay? It's a good thing because how many of you know you can't go to your mortgage company and go, hey, I've been a really good boy this week. I'd love to send you some homemade cookies this week. They say, nah, bro, that don't work. You better send us some money or we're going to start coming after you, right? And if you quit paying, eventually they'd lock the doors to your house. They'd kick you out. Is that not the truth? So it does take money. So I understand we all have to have money. That's the world that we live in. But I'll tell you the flip side of it is Jesus was very clear when he was here on this earth and says, you cannot serve two masters. And in the American society that we live in, is it not easy to live only for money? Every decision that you make is based on money. Where you live, where you work, what you do, how you have fun, what you do with your family, all of it's based on money. And this is the problem with that. The problem is there's always somebody somewhere that would offer you more money than what you're making right now. And the problem is you'll go from here to there to here to here to here to here, and it'll make you miserable. So you can't live for just money. And sometimes we're living for fill in the blank, you tell me what you're living for right? And all of those things are good things, but there's something that's even better. And I'll tell you this, that what you're living for is determined by who you're living for. What you are living for is determined by who you are living for. If you live for yourself, you're going to live for some of those good things, and that's going to be fine, okay? But it's just going to be fine, okay? Good is the greatest enemy for best, and some of you, what you've done is you've gotten to a good life, but God wants you to have the best life. And so don't get to the good life and be like, oh, this is good. No, no, no. Go for the best. But who you're living for is going to determine what you're living for. And I can tell you that I think that one of the biggest problems we have as human beings is that we let labels determine who we are and what we live for. Now, I brought a great illustration for you. You'll tell me if it's good, but what is this? You can't even tell. You can't read that. How do you know that it's Gatorade? Right? It's got a label on it. It's telling you what it is. Now, this is what I want us to do today. I want us to go on a venture for the next few weeks, and I want us to change. I don't want to call this Gatorade anymore. I want to call it Juicerade. Okay? And I want you to help me. So we're going to get on social media. We're going to blow this thing up, and we're going to get people to quit calling this Gatorade. We're going to start calling it Juicerade. Would it work? No. Number one, we don't have the millions, possibly even billions that they've spent on advertising. We can't go into the NFL. We can't get our name, Juicerade, all over everything. But can I tell you that you can't change the label on this and you can't change the label on yourself. But we do it a lot. We try. Other people try. Now, who gets to determine what label goes on this? The creator. The owner. Who gets to determine the label that's put on you? The creator. The owner. Can I tell you what we've done is we've spent way too much time letting other people put labels on us. 
We've spent too much time letting the past put labels on us. We've spent too much time letting our failures, our shortcomings put labels on us. And then what we're doing is what we're living for is based on the label that we've let other people put on us when there's some labels that's been put on you by your creator. And that's what you should be living for. But if you're not careful, you were created to be Gatorade, which is cool and sounds cool and is everywhere. It's all over the NFL and everybody's got it and all of this stuff. But you'll let the enemy tell you that you're supposed to be called Juicerade. And Juicerade is this knockoff, doesn't taste as good. It's not anywhere. It's in the back drawer, in the back closet. And you'll be called Juicerade instead of Gatorade. See, and when I was thinking about that, I thought of some labels that God has for you. Some labels that he created specifically for you. Now, I know that most of you know these things. I just want to remind you of them. And I'm telling you, if you are living according to a label that is not one of these things, that's the part where you've got to take that label off and say, no, I'm not going to be Juicerade, I'm Gatorade. I'm not going to be this, I'm this. Now, listen, this is what it is. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7 and 8, it says that he forgives you. Now listen, I know that the society is trying to say that God is mad at you for all of the sin in your life, but you've got to know Ephesians 1 and 7 and verse 8 says, you are forgiven. It's the greatest thing. It's the greatest thing. It's the most important thing. And if you don't live with that label up, number one, you're going to be in a lot of trouble because what you're living for won't be what God created you for. And you're going to be in this terrible place that's not very fun to live. You have to start and know that he has forgiven you, Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39 tells us that you are secure in him. See, it's important that you understand that he goes through all of these things and says nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing, not this, not that, not your problems, not your sin, not your shortcomings, not all of the things that you think separate you from God that makes you come into God like, oh God, please don't whoop me. No, that's not, he says nothing can separate you. From the love of God. That brings some security in your life. He tells us in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 that we are capable, does he not? That we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You are capable to do this. But then 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 10, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 says you are valuable to God. That you are valuable. You are bought with a high price. Very, very valuable to God. And then Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12 says, You are dearly loved. Can I tell you the problem for a lot of us when we're not living for the right things is that we've let those labels get put on our life by other people and from other places, and we're living according to those labels. And what I hear all the time is I hear, Pastor Woody, I would do this, but this. Can I tell you your butt's in the wrong place? You can take that for however you want to, but your butt's in the wrong place. We're living according to these labels. I can't do this, and I can't do that, and this won't happen in my life, and I've done this, and I've done that, and I've done this, and those are all labels that God didn't put on you, and God the creator, he's the one that determines the labels that are put on you and I, and we have to live according to those labels, and I'm telling you today, I think there's some labels you've got to pull off. I think there's some labels in your life that you've been saying, hey, for 35, for 40, for 20, how many ever years? I've been living according to this label. No, I'm taking that off because that didn't come from God. And I'm telling you what, don't just take it off and sit it to the side because you'll put it on tomorrow. 
You need to take that label off. You need to tear it up. You need to shred it. You need to burn it. Whatever you need to do so that you can start living according to the labels that God gave you. Now, I want to end this by saying that the title, okay? Now, sometimes we uh, read just the mobile version, okay? So you pull out your phone, and that's very convenient because you always have your phone, which means you always have your Bible, okay? But sometimes it's, it's good to open up actual pages to a Bible, right? It'll throw your brain off because you look at everything on your phone, social media, negative things, positive things, all the above. But open up your Bible. When I open up my Bible, okay, I, I see a heading that's right before these verses of Scripture. And the heading that's on the top of this portion of Scripture right here says, Paul's life for Christ. Paul's life for Christ. And can I tell you, it started making me think, what's the difference between living with someone and living for someone? I even asked some people close to me and said, hey, are these synonymous? Are they the same thing, living for and living with someone? And then I thought, no, no. I've seen some people that have been married 45 years and they're living with each other, but they're not living for each other. I've seen some mom and dads that they're living with their kids, but they're not living for their kids. I've seen some students that are living with their parents, but they're not living for their parents. I noticed that there's a big difference between living with someone and living for someone. Now, can I tell you that if you're going to live with Christ is different than if you're going to live for Christ. Now, Pastor Ray last week made such a great analogy, said that Christianity for Americans tends to be a little trinket that we put in our pockets, a little trinket. I pull it out and I use it when I need to. Oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But when you want to do what you want to do, it's right back in that pocket. No, I don't have to live by that. That's living with Christ. You pull them out and use them as a badge when you want to use them and you put them in your back pocket when you want to do your own thing. But if you are living for Christ, when you live for Christ, it determines everything that you're living for. Now, let me end with verse 20. It's the very beginning verse of the passage that I read to you, but I think that it's so important that we catch verse 20. And this is what Paul says. It says, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. I don't know about you, but sometimes I look back in my life and I see that I used to live for Christ a lot more than I'm living for him right now. I look back in my life and I used to be a lot more bold when I was a teenager than, when I, than I am right now. I can remember a time in my life where I was so on fire for Jesus that I, as a 14-year-old as a boy, I used to get up at four in the morning so that I could read my Bible and memorize it and pray for two hours before I went to school on fire. And now I'm saying, oh God, and you want me to get up what time? I can remember that. And here's Paul in the middle of a dungeon, in the middle of prison, saying, I hope, I hope that I'm not ashamed and that I can as be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. It says, and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or whether I die. Can I tell you what he's saying is, I want to be bold for Christ. I don't want to be ashamed for Christ. Whether the best thing happens to me is new life, not the best thing. 
I'm telling you, a family that's fighting like cats and dogs can have a new baby. And everybody's like, oh, they quit fighting. Or if I die, which some of you view as the worst thing in our life. Humans for sure view that as the worst thing. He's saying whether the best thing happens or whether the worst thing happens to me. I'm saying, God, let me not be ashamed of you. Let me be bold for you. So my question is that it's very clear and very evident that Paul's life proved verse 20. And my question this morning is, does your life, does your life prove that you are not ashamed of Christ and that you are bold for him? If God put on your heart to talk to someone at 7-Eleven, would you? If God put on your heart to take the last $20 that you have in your pocket and give it to someone that needs some extra gas or needs some extra love, would you do it? Does your life prove that you are living for Christ or does your life really prove that you're just living with Christ? You use him when it benefits you and you put him in your back pocket when it doesn't. See, Paul's here in chains in a dungeon saying, God, don't let me be ashamed of you. I'm going through a really hard time right now. But God, don't let me be ashamed. And God, please let me be bold for you. Let's pray this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing in our life, for all that you've done. God, I am praying, Lord Jesus, whether we have been saved for just a little while or whether we've been saved for a long time. God, I'm praying that we would live for you and not just with you. That, God, we would be bold, that we wouldn't be ashamed. That when we say, what, what are we living for? We say, God, we're living for you. Jesus, be the center of our life. And, God, we are praying that we would look back in the past and we'd see all the things that you've done. The miracles that you've worked. The faithfulness that you've carried us through. God, when we felt like there was no hope, you came through. God, when we thought there was no way we could win, God, you helped us win. God, remind us today of the things that you've done in our life and in others' life. God, if nothing incredible has happened in our life, let us read the Bible and see how it's happened for others. And God, we would start living for you. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you've got to start there. Everything that we just talked about, you have to start with a relationship with Jesus. And I don't know how Pastor Ray does it at Bethel, but the Word of God is very clear. That it says, what must I do to be saved? And it says, all you've got to do is believe in the Lord Jesus. Now, you've got to understand it's not just mere belief. Oh, I believe in God. No, that's not enough. No, believe in the Lord. And that word Lord means master and ruler and boss. It means I'm no longer in charge of my life, but you are. And you can surrender your life to Jesus today and say, God, I make you Lord. And when you believe that, God comes into your life. And I just encourage you, 
as we're about to worship, I want you to think about what am I living for? What wakes me up in the morning? And if something's out of alignment, let him put it back in alignment. I want you to look in the past and see how God's been faithful to you because I know he's been faithful to you. If you've served him for any length of time, he's been faithful to you. And I'm asking you to put your faith and trust back in him and say, God, I don't want to live with you. I want to live for you. So stand to your feet. Let's worship this morning. There won't be a day that he's not by our side. I was thinking about what Pastor Woody was saying. And in the very first verse of this, this verse 20 that we read today, he said, I hope that I continue, not only in the boldness, but also taking advantage of the moment. Um, and what, what struck me was what we don't have to rest on our past. We don't have to rest on what it is. It's kind of a good indicator of where we're going to go. But if our life has been no boldness and if our life has not taken opportunity of the assignment God's given us, we have an opportunity to change today by living for Christ. But if our past has been bold and our past has been aligned with him, that's a good indicator that this will continue. A lot of people are really concerned that faced with adversity, they're not going to be able to actually live it out for Christ. But I believe, just like Paul, there's this supernatural thing that happens. I think God's spirit comes upon us. And when we're faced with adversity in that moment, we actually can claim the song. There won't be a day that you're not by my side. There won't be a day that you won't fill me with your spirit and allow me to live for Christ. And so wherever, whatever your story is, if you don't have a relationship, with God and you're spiritually disconnected from him and you need him, just cry out to him, as Pastor Woody said, and then your days can change. Your future will be different. But if you've claimed Christ and you've been living boldly for him, just claim that and say, you know what, God, I, there won't be a day that you're not by my side. Let your spirit live within me. Let me continue. For to me, to live is Christ. Well, and I think it's probably really hard to live boldly and unashamed if we're walking around with those labels right. that, that Pastor Woody was talking about. If, I'm, if I cannot grasp that I am forgiven and secure and loved, then how can I boldly proclaim him? And so I right. think that's a good place to start. So many times I hear people say, oh, I just can't do it. I just, I don't know. I don't, I'm not able the God's word tells us very clearly that if he asks us to do it, he will equip us to do it. Right. And so right. another label we can slap on there is equipped. We are equipped and loved. And, and all those, if you don't know what you are and you feel like you're living and believing lies that are bringing you down, get in God's word and search out who he says you are because you are forgiven and loved and secure in him. Yeah, and most people look for their answers on Google, so they do a social media search or Google search, <laughs> am I loved or who am I? Actually, shut that off, get in God's word, and you'll find out exactly who you are because in God's word, it gives you the answer. So thank you, Pastor Woody. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Family Church Band. Yes. That was awesome. Let's give a round of applause to these guys. That was awesome. So the world, we're, we're, we don't know what's going to happen. Like everything is up in the air. Everything needs to be flexible. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So the best way for you to connect, I just told you to get off social media, but actually you need to get on social media, on I'm Family so Church's confused. Facebook page. Do I do it or I'm do so I conflicted. Not? What do I do? No, um, the Bible won't tell you Family Church is actually gathering at cemetery, but the Bible will tell you the church is always going to gather no matter where they are. And so anyway, if you'll check social media with uh, Family Church, make sure you're up to date on what's happening. I saw your sign went in yesterday. Awesome. Oh yeah. Very good. And so 
So please check social media. Also here at Bethel, make sure you, you connect with us online, um, and we, we'd love to connect with you to, to help you take that next, next step yeah. towards following Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, please talk to us. Yes. If you'd like to take a spiritual step, please talk to us. One of the pastors here, uh, Family Church, Bethel Community Church, we'd love to connect you to Jesus. I want to pray for you. Do you have anything else that you nope, need to mention? All right. So I want to pray for you. Um, I want to pray that God would take us this week, and no matter what our history has been, let's be bold for Jesus starting today. A lot of things happen. We get in the parking lot, and Satan has this way of just snatching it from our, our good intentions. And so let's let those intentions actually penetrate our hearts. And I'd like to pray over that over you this morning. God, this morning... In spite of all the uncertainty and all the chaos and all the unknowns in our world, God, one thing we can claim and one thing we can count on is that you are faithful, that you are good, that you have a plan and a purpose even when things seem out of control, even if we lose freedom, even if we lose even our very lives, that all of it will work out for good. And so, God, this week, as we have heard your word, I pray that you would bless your word and that it would not only go into our minds, but go into our hearts and go into our very soul as we live this week, that we would be bold. That as we live this week, we wouldn't forget what we've heard, but take an opportunity to realize that that thing that you started in us, you're going to complete it. That things that you began in our hearts today, that you're going to continue forward with that. And God, um, this, this week, as sometimes we feel disconnected, as sometimes we feel out of alignment, I pray that we would measure our lives against your word and get into your word in order to see who we are so that we can see who we're living for. God, we love you. We thank you so much for Jesus. Now, I pray a blessing over our church, our churches that are serving the community in Yukon. God, take us and put your hand on us. Walk with us as you've promised. If you're not with us, we don't want to go. And so God, be with us. We love you. We thank you so much for what the Spirit has done today, for what your Word has taught us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And remember as you leave here today that we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. Have a great Love week. you guys. Have a great one.